Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Awesome. I keep going to my phone, but I haven't got any notes. Is that okay? But I do want to share quickly on something that uh, we shared a little bit with the Persians last night. I just felt it's just a good refresher for us as a house. And it's from 2 Timothy. Um, 2 Timothy, I have got it here somewhere, but you can turn with me. The media guys, you can just relax, have a coffee, take it easy. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. Paul talking to Timothy just like he's talking to us. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And I, I felt today two words for us as a people that God is continually uh, reinforcing to us, but also to encourage us to keep going. And that is the covert and the overt. And when we look after our lives in that covert place, covert meaning underground, under the radar, hidden, when we are really focused on that avenue, the inner life, the indwelling spirit, when we are focused and when we are stewarding and when we are hosting our relationship with the Lord really, really healthily in the covert life, the hidden place, then he does great things in the, the public place with influence. But this is an ongoing journey. Oftentimes when God touches us, there's a manifestation of his presence. That's the overt manifestation, but that's an invitation to the covert. It's an invitation to go deeper. It, we don't stop at the manifestation. We don't stop at, at God maybe doing something that is a display of his power, that is the beginning of us to then go deeper. And so we've learned that there'll be seasons of both covert and overt in our lives, won't there? There'll be times where it's loud and influential and there's celebration and, and there's a lot of influence happening in our lives, uh, but then he'll go deep. And then he might hide us in a season and he might be teaching and training us back in that hidden place for a while. And we might wonder, I want to be back in the, in the overt place. I want to be back in the public place. But he might be saying, no, it's a season. I want to speak to you. I want the roots to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And so when we learn to honour the Lord in both the covert and the overt and we, and we celebrate both seasons, we can get the boast out, best out of most. I'm going to do something. I haven't prepared Karen this morning, but she's going to come. Isn't she a great preacher? She is going to come and share for five minutes on the, on the covert life because she's very good at the hidden place. And so much so, sometimes I have to surprise her into the overt place and say, come and share on the covert place, which is what she's going to do now. Well, watch out. Anything can happen today. You could be next. <laughs> okay, so for me, um, 
I'm not. I'm probably. He's the big words man. I'm. I'm little words. So for me, hidden place is what I would call it. Um, so the hidden place, the or the private place and the public place. That's definitely been something God has spoken to me about over many years in my life. And there was a season where I. I knew that I was placed in that hidden place for a reason. And you know when sometimes you're in that hidden place and you're just wanting to bust free? (laughs) You're like, I just want to move. I just want to get out there. I want to do something. I want to be something. I want to make a difference. And and all the Lord kept saying to me was just stay, (laughs) just stay. And I knew that if I were to try and, you know, you know, step out of that place too prematurely like a butterfly trying to break free of a cocoon, the butterfly is not properly formed yet. So you, you go in a caterpillar and you come, you know, it comes out with these beautiful wings, but it takes time. And the Lord sometimes knows, well, let's be honest, He all the time knows what's best for us. Um, but we sometimes want to know what's best for us. And I know for me, you know, specifically in that season, I knew He was doing a work in me and I knew that there was healing. I knew that there was transformation and I knew there was a lot of just His love that was being poured into my heart and my heart was just longing for that. But on the other hand, I was just wanting to move and wanting to go, go, go. But there comes a time where you just know, (laughs) you just know when it's time to move, you know when it's time to go. And my experience has generally been when there's a peace on something, when that, that striving and that trying and that itchy feeling, you know, just becomes a peace and it becomes a rest. And you actually then are filled with his empowering to go and do whatever he's called you to do. Um, but also, I suppose, just on a, on a general day-to-day thing, have I done my five minutes yet? Am I nearly there? <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> just on a daily thing. For me, the, the hidden place for me now in my life, it's not a set time of day, although I do have time set apart where I read his word and I just spend time with him. But the hidden place for me looks like friendship. It looks like walking through the day. It looks like waking up in the morning and talking to the Lord. It looks like listening into what he's saying. It looks like, you know, looking out the window as I'm driving somewhere and just being tuned into his heart and tuned into him. And it looks like conversations with a friend. <laughs> That's my hidden places. It's not so much. I did go through a stage, I have to admit, and Marty can testify to this, not that he probably wants to, but I turned our walking wardrobe into an extra room and I put my Bible and my little CD player and and I would sort of go in there and close. This is when the kids were really little and there was, you know, a lot going on in the house and I literally made myself a secret place in our house and I would go in there and I would pray and that would be my space where I I could just, you know, hide away with Jesus and, and it's so good to do that. I encourage you if you have a spare space in your house or a wardrobe works really well, you can just hide away in there for a while. So that that is just wonderful to do. Yet at the same time, it doesn't always have to look like a set place or a set time. That hidden place with the Lord is just that secret heart space with Jesus. It's that, it's that place and those conversations and those moments in the day that you experience with Him and by His Spirit when you just encounter in that moment that, ah, oh, wow. I see you. I feel you. 
I hear you. It's those little moments, those hidden moments, those precious moments that change everything. And that's what changes who we are in the public place. And that's what changes who we are with our families and with our friends and our community and our workplace. Those hidden moments, those secret moments with Jesus change everything. Yeah. This has been such a big theme for us for a number of years now that it's something we keep coming back to is that you don't get a lot of influence in the kingdom unless we learn how to steward this really well, unless we learn how to go deep with the Lord. And it's one of those funny things that we often try and pick the fruit before we've planted the tree. And yet the roots have to go down really deep to get that water and to get that nutrients and that life in so that it can bear fruit. In this day and age, the world wants everything the other way around. It wants it instant. It wants instant gratification. It wants popularity overnight, success overnight. And all of that's good if it comes. But in the kingdom, things tend to roll slowly. I don't know about you, but that's definitely the way it's happened for me. With our our business, I'd often be um, surprised people would come to our factory and we'd walk them around and they'd be, you know, just amazed at, at all the big equipment and all of the staff and the trucks coming in and out and the machinery going and it, and it was quite daunting and people would go, wow, this is in, um, amazing. But what people don't see is the years and years and years building up to that, that there hasn't been much glory, that you're just about to lose your house and you keep pressing in and you keep going for it. And, you know, you're you're going over challenges and trials and resistance and different approvals. And there's a whole process. And it's like that in the kingdom. Many people may look at a few superstar people and say, wow, isn't that incredible? And the first thing we do is try and compare ourselves to them. And it's one of the stupidest things we can do because that's their anointing. It's not our anointing. We only look good wearing our anointing. We don't look good wearing someone else's. It's not meant for us. It's meant for them, not us. So one of the best things we can do is firstly, love ourselves. Love the anointing God has given you because it's meant for you, not for someone else. And when you learn to walk in that armor, so to speak, and you learn to grow into it and enjoy it and celebrate it and even honor that gift that God's given you, you get upgrades and you get to multiply your anointing with other people, not someone else's. Because we kind of misstep. We don't look good wearing someone else's anointing. It's like, okay, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't look right. But when we learn to walk with authority on what he's given us, then we can actually begin to release that. And so when we learn to operate in that realm, maybe even in that hidden place, like Karen was saying, that hidden place where no one's seeing, no one's celebrating, maybe no one's recognized the gift on your life. Do you know what? It's okay. As long as the Father knows, you've got all of heaven on your side. It doesn't matter what other people recognize or don't. And that's not to be arrogant or rude or or proud or anything like that, but that's just to know that you have your Father in heaven cheering you on. You have his approval. You have his affirmation. Maybe you didn't get affirmation from your earthly father. You have the great father's affirmation. And his banner over you is love. His word over you is well done. And so sometimes we can be limited 
in this hidden place, in the secret place, so that it never becomes public. It, our gifting never gets released. And so it, it stays in seed form. And it doesn't get watered with hope and destiny and the word of God and faith and all of the currency of heaven. All of that good stuff doesn't get fed into that seed which is in you. Every single one of us here this morning has an incredible seed, a kingdom seed inside of us. Some have seen it flourish to a greater degree than others. But I believe God put a seed in you so that you can have a great kingdom influence on other people. Not so it can just stay hidden within you. We have a light that we're meant to shine. But when we learn to really operate in that place with the Lord, that secret place, hear His voice, hear His leading, not jumping out into the, into the public place too early or not knowing is it right, is it wrong, but we actually have a familiarity with the presence of God, a familiarity with the voice of God to know when to jump and when not to. One of the things I was... I was going to share on this morning, and I'm just about to anyway, was one of the lessons I learned in business. Most of you who have worked in, an, in any sort of um, environment, you'll know the thing called risk assessments. I used to hate risk assessments. Risk assessments are boring. They are mundane. Uh, they are tedious. And put your hand up if you know what I'm talking about, a risk assessment, most of you. I need hands because you weren't really, you know, cheering me on on that point. You've obviously done some risk assessments before. But for an entrepreneur, for a, a business guy who wants to build and just get this thing done, risk assessments is kind of like the, the annoying paperwork that you have to do. So what I would do is I would just delegate it down the line. Just get rid of that risk. Someone else, just handle it, please. And I was thinking about this in the kingdom because a risk assessment, if you don't know, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you went to the nth degree, you need railing on everything. You need a little yellow safety tape on everything. And, and you, you just need, you know, bureaucracy chasing you around saying, be careful, don't look in that direction, don't walk there, don't do this, don't touch that machine, don't even turn it on because something might happen. And so... That's just from an entrepreneur's viewpoint. That's exactly what risk assessments are like. But they are very necessary for safety and precaution stuff in the workplace as my waiver. However, <laughs> however, I was thinking about this. So many of us in the kingdom, we carry out too many risk assessments. When God says do things, we do a risk assessment. What's that going to make me feel like? What am I going to look like? Oh, if I, if I touch that thing that he's on, maybe my fingers will get burnt a little bit. And so we're doing this risk assessment all the time. We're looking around for ways that we might get hurt, for things that might happen to us. Oh, this might happen, that might happen. Uh, and maybe things have happened in the past where people have hurt you and you've found that now you have a, a real awareness and almost an expectancy that that's going to happen all of the time. But that's not the kingdom of God. That's the enemy's plan. And so sometimes, like when Jesus was walking on the water, he said to Peter, come out and meet with me. And at first he came straight. He didn't do a risk assessment. He came straight out on the water. And then his carnal earthly nature kicked in and he began to do a risk assessment. Oh, no, there's waves. Oh, no, there's people watching me. Oh, no, Jesus is 
10 metres away from me. I've got a little bit of a distance and there's deep water here. He can do it because he's Jesus, but I can't because I'm earthly, I'm fleshly. And so sometimes we limit the kingdom of God by doing earthly risk assessments on the kingdom. We're not meant to do risk assessments on the kingdom. The kingdom is meant to dominate us. And so when we're infiltrated in the hidden place and we're learning and we're training in that place, then our risk aversion, even in the kingdom, and I'm not saying we don't have to be wise and have good counsel and do good things and all of that sort of stuff, of course, that comes as, as an assumption. But what I'm talking about is a dampening down of faith. And so we can see with, with Peter, he began in faith and then the risk assessment jumped on him and came about and, and all of the little reasons. And maybe in our lives, sometimes we have areas that we've put a lot of risk assessment. Some say, oh, I'm not going to do this. Maybe it is in giving. Giving is just a crazy thing. I remember telling guys at work that we boldly, uh, we used to have a hundred sponsor kids and we'd have all their faces up on the, the wall at work. And we'd just say, yeah, we're sowing into God's goodness and into all of these young people. And we'd tell them how much we give and and we'd often make donations and we wouldn't brag, but I would wouldn't tell the church, but I would tell my work employees because they need to see the testimony of generosity. And I would tell them, you're working for the kingdom. And so even though they didn't even know that was, I would say, you're working for Jesus. And everything we do here is, is for Jesus. And so it was a testimony of his goodness. But really, if you do a risk assessment on it, it's stupidity. So many things in the kingdom are really quite crazy. But to God, they are bread and butter. They're, they're heaven's bread and butter. It's the, it's the language of heaven, generosity, faith, healing, life, the word of God, believing his word over our word, believing his destiny over what we might be seeing. All of these things, when we do this in the hidden place, when we do this in that overt place where no one's watching, we're training our spirits to be strong. We're training our spirits to believe and you know what the good thing is when we do that, even if we stuff up in that covert place, no one knows about it. If we get it wrong, if we stay, say things wrong, you can prophesy over yourself till the cows come home. No one's going to judge you. No one's going to worry because you're just doing it with yourself, just you and Jesus. You're just building currency. You're building a bigger account with heaven and you're building reservoirs of knowledge and wisdom and faith in that place where no one's watching. And then watch what happens. He begins to release more. He begins to release more, just like the parable of the wise talents, of the talents, sorry. He gives us talents to invest. And many of you have invested really, really wisely in the kingdom and you, you know how to operate. You know how God increases more and more and more. But let me tell you, there's another level. There is always another level in the, in, in the kingdom. There's always another level we can go to. There's always greater investments in the kingdom. What talents has he given you? What talents has he deposited in your life? Are you investing them well? Are you putting them in heaven's account, so to speak, and saying, okay, Lord, I want to be wise with those things you've given me. I want to be wise in that hidden place. And I want to encourage you, your life is short. So is mine. Time is short. This world, I believe, there are people around you waiting for you waiting for you. They're waiting for your talents. They're waiting for your anointing. They're not, they're not coming into churches. They're not coming in listening to 
great sermons like this, well prepared and six points and wham, bam. But they're in your influence. They're in your world. And they're waiting for you. There are opportunities. There's hearts and there's destinies waiting for you to invest that talent into their life. Because in that, in that hidden place, you've been praying for them and you've been saying, Lord, I'd love to see them saved. I'd love to see them come to know you. Just, just open a door, open opportunities. You might have been doing this month after month after month, faithfully investing in the kingdom. And watch what happens. Opportunities come your way for multiplication. Because God doesn't want you hidden forever. In fact, I want to say to some of you, come out of hiding. It's time to come out of hiding. God's put so much, he's stuffed so much into you, it's oozing out your ears. You have so much of him. You have so much knowledge. You have so much of his goodness inside of you. It's time to come out of hiding and let those talents be multiplied. Let them be multiplied because this world needs you. Adelaide needs you. This region needs you. Churches need great people like you. We need multiplication of gifts and talents and anointings. And if we stay hidden for too long, sometimes we can just shrivel up a little bit. Or we can maybe second guess ourselves too much. If you're a second guesser, stop it. If you're a second guesser, it's time for you to come out of hiding because you're the type of person that sits there and second guesses yourself so many times that you guess yourself a hundred times and you talk yourself out of everything good because you think you're not good enough. I want to tell you, you're good enough. Your anointing is good enough. Jesus inside of you is big enough to overcome even your limitations, your doubting, your guessing, your fears. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power of power. And so when we operate in this covert life and we build kingdom wealth with heaven and we build relationship with Jesus and he speaks to us all the while, even through our word, I'm sure you do this many times, but you start reading a chapter and you think, okay, I'm bored. This is hard work. And you get to the end of the chapter and think, wow, I needed that today because his word is life. If you're bored with Jesus then just start going to his word and, and let it flow. Take off all obligation. Take off all rules. Take off all pressure because all of those things weigh our relationship down with him. Just get with him, however you do it. Just take off, just get really free. Put on worship, go for a drive, go to the beach, do whatever you have to do to build a free relationship with him. And taking off any rules, even if you've got stuck in your prayer life, find a different avenue. Find a different way. Because he wants us to be so free that we can hear his voice and we can walk freely as sons and daughters of the Most High. And when we then operate in that realm and we get with him and he speaks to us, then when we're with other people, it's, it's contagious. Contagious. And let me tell you, you are contagious. You are contagious in good ways and in bad ways. Let's choose good ways. Let's choose good ways. All of us, all of us are contagious. And sometimes we forget how contagious the kingdom of God is because we think, oh, they're not going to like this. Oh. And see, we're already risk assessing. We're already risk assessing. We're risk assessing in a carnal, earthly way what God may have ordained to already be a breakthrough point. And we're pulling back out of fear and we're risk assessing, oh, no, rah, 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 I don't know this, I don't know that. God wants to move powerfully through you. 
even this week. I believe He has appointments for you. I believe He has opportunities of breakthrough for you. The choice is ours. How will we invest?